everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for August. <laughs> now, sometimes people stay quiet. Not just now. Some people are a little bit noisy. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you've got to start them off in a conversation. Sometimes you don't have to start them off in a conversation at all. Sometimes you need to get the bit dodgy people in life kind of talking to you, the people you're not entirely friends with. Sometimes you just want to grab them by the shoulders, tweak their little nose, and tell them to talk, you fiend. Now, who am I going to get to help me talk? Do that. There is only... A couple of people who can help me with this. I have got Michael Lynn. I have got Andrew Swainson. They're from Stone Bones Games. They're here to talk about their Kickstarter, which is surprisingly enough called Talk You Fiend. Yes, I am getting good at these intros. So, hello, gentlemen. Hello. How are you both doing? Hey, well. Good to see you. Good to be on the show. Um, uh, you are, yeah. You're the best at the intros. Every single intro for everything, uh, you just find a way to put the puns in. It, it's the best. Uh, you can tell it's like um, I'm not allowed to do dad jokes anymore because I get told off. So what I try and do is I save up my dad joke energy uh. for when I do the intros for the show. <laughs> um, <clears throat> maybe we should ask the lawnmower guy just to come in and ask if he wants to join us because he's obviously is he about a second away from tapping on the window, but it's all good. Um, as I say, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, for everybody who hasn't listened to us before, the reason that we do this is quite simple is because um, there's just quite simply not enough podcasts out there about tabletop, do you know? just And try to use the new Apple uh, podcast search thing is impossible to find anybody at all now. Thanks, Apple. And the other reason that we do this is because um, I put a shout out to say to people, would you like to come on the show and chat? And... Um, Michael, yes, pinged I, us a quick I message. I did. I was uh, um, re- in the in the timeline of our of our story to how we got to this point. You know, it's really interesting. Uh, I was referred to by a friend of a friend. Uh, oh dear. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Andrew Burkett from Aetheris, He oh yeah. yeah. He referred me to contact you to get on your show because he was on your show a little while ago and he really enjoyed. He the was. Time. And he's like, oh hey, go on. Oh, we're not wizards. You know, it, it'll be a good time. Since you guys are into the board game thing now, so uh, so I message you and you know surprisingly, yeah, oh, all right, well come on in, and here we are. <laughs> and uh, the reason that Andrew's here is because Andrew got dragged along. Yeah, Mike just uh, swept me in. He said, "Hey, you should uh, join us," and I said, "Okay, I'll set time aside <laughs> in my free and easy, free and clear August for uh, for this." So I'm happy to be here. We'd like to point out at this time that Andrew is actually on vacation at the moment because of his profession. 
So he's basically killing time to be here just now. Um, so that's just one of these things. So I don't want anybody saying anything terrible to him. I don't want anybody being in a fit of jealous rage about what he's been doing for the last couple of weeks. There's probably nothing but enjoying himself, so that's kind of fair enough. Um, I'm sure you've got a couple of tales to tell. Um, how did you guys kind of first start interacting in terms of the kind of the board game space? I mean, do you close to each other in terms geographically speaking? Or I am not. <laughs> it's Andrew a funny is story. Not, Andrew <laughs> is not close to us. So let me take the story of um, the board, yes. our board game company and this whole project back to March or April 2018 in Boston, Massachusetts. So this is PAX East 2018. So I go there, Mm -hmm. I'm with my younger brother, and uh, the one person who's not here in our group right now, James Stone, he's the uh, uh, one of the founders of Stonebones Games, and he's a lead designer of Talk You Fiend. So we get to talking, and, you know, we're having lunch. And Mm -hmm. this is actually right because we met up for lunch because I had to do his tax return. Uh, <laughs> by profession, uh, I'm an accountant by profession, so it, it, it you could have made that more exciting. <laughs> so it, it gets to March, you know, we're in packs, you know, before we're talking, like, and he's saying, Hey, by the way, I haven't done my tax return yet, so like, you need to do your tax return, bring your tax stuff, we're gonna meet at packs, <laughs> we're gonna duck into a hotel lobby, well, we're gonna get this done, and we're gonna go out for lunch afterwards. <laughs> Can I just point out you need to work on this story a bit because the whole tax return thing, it's kind of like, it's fine. I'm sure, I mean, was it a difficult tax it return? Did he keep it? a difficult tax return. It was like a really simple tax return, which, you know, which leads me to the point. So I'm doing this tax return, and this is mm. the key part of the story. Um, and I'm like, hey, Jamie, what, what is your goal in the future? Because uh, this isn't sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, we get talking and he, you know, um, he mentions that, you know, his dream is to be a board game designer, design games with yeah. game design. Yeah. And per- personally for myself, I've, you know, always had an interest in games and gaming. Uh, I remember like one of the fondest memories was I was in sixth grade and me and my best friend, we went to um, like a thrift store. We picked up all of the board games that they had there and we mm-hmm. Frankenstein them together to make like a crazy hybrid board game so it's a wow. combination of monopoly and risk and stratego and i think we, we use the spinner from life in there as well so oh, right. okay. <laughs> so we did that but anyways um so james is talking about how he wants to be a board game designer. i said yeah you know what that's something you should do you know design some games i want to hear your ideas and then a couple months go by. Uh, at the same time, you know, I'm working as a kind of a company, and my coworker, who happens to be a really good friend of Andrew Burkett, uh, you know, he was from from Aether's Games. Yeah. And then so we get to talk, and he's like, "Oh, hey, my friend Andrew, uh, he kickstarted a board game, uh, and you know, he put us in contact with him, and then we pretty much get, you know, we just take." step by step and before we knew it we had a game on kickstarter and like wow this is this is surprising and andrew got roped into this because we were talking one day uh we met andrew um 2014 2014 wow uh on destiny the video game and really the original destiny the original original destiny Destiny. (laughs) wow 
and, and we were, you know, playing, and we were talking to him about, like, hey, we need an artist to do this, because um, neither me or James are artists. And you can mm-hmm. actually see our what our art looks like on our Kickstarter, because <laughs> for the $3 pledge tier, you can get a print-and-play copy of our game with art done by myself and Jamie, and it is just the it's worst. It's very endearing. It's very endearing. <laughs> it's Andrew's being kind here. You're being kind here, aren't you, Andrew? Very. Is it the type? What would you grade it if they right? If they were doing like a, a class project, yeah, mm. and you had to grade it, they, they handed that in as a class project. What kind of grading would you have given uh, their it wouldn't, art project? It would be an unfinished work. <laughs> I, I certainly have had uh, art pieces like that handed in by some of my grade twelve students, and they've had to <laughs> work on it until it's satisfactorily completed. No way. That's harsh. Michael, that is, how do you feel about uh, that being unfinished? unfinished? You know what? Art has never been my forte. Um, so I would I would accept the unfinished. Um, possibly a B-plus for effort. B-plus for effort, yes. Marks for effort, for sure. So you're having a chat with Andrew, and you're saying, Andrew, can you help with the art? And, 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 and Andrew, what possessed you to say... Yes, then. Oh, I mean, what was it? Did they show you the previous art and you went, <laughs> I've got to help these guys. This is almost like a pro bono charity case kind of work, you know? Um, at, at first it was, the, the my initial uh, pull into it was, yes, uh, Mike and Mike and Jamie, they definitely need somebody to help out. Um, and I didn't, I didn't actually uh, uh, realize that I was going to get roped in right all the way to the finished product. I thought that they, I was just going to give them, you know, some ideas and maybe point them into the in the direction of uh, of another artist with some better solid, you know, sketches and, and ideas for mm. visual presentation that they could go take to another artist. Um, as mm. a first, as I'm just starting my career as a teacher, and uh, and I also have a one and a half year old. So this last year he would have been only six months. Uh, so I did not have. Uh, I did not foresee myself having a lot of time to be able to sink into this. Um, and nor, nor is my, you know, I feel that my skill level is, is perhaps to the level that they were looking for, but it turns mm-hmm. out that they roped me in right to the very end. Cause they liked what I did and they said it fit. And I, I got, I got sucked in by Michael and Jamie's uh, yeah, wonderful we charms. We are the most charming guys. Um, I didn't want to say that, but you know, it's quite clear that that is that that is the kind of the that is the kind of the case. Um, Are you both kind of quite avid kind of gamers then yourselves? I mean, Michael, do you have a reasonable kind of collection in terms of kind of like tabletop wares? Uh, For myself, um, personally, I don't have a large collection uh, of tabletop games. Mostly Hmm. for the reason I don't have anywhere to put all my tabletop games uh if i were to get them um however i do frequent um a local game store and they have board game nights so essentially their collection is there there for me to use so you know why <laughs> why have a shelf of my own when i have a you know store to go to and i can just play whatever game i want yes. and they have events so. <laughs> i myself have a room cupboard of, of board games and tabletop games um i've had to kind of stick stick to the generic things. Um, I mm-hmm. have more nerdy tastes than my the rest of my family and friends. I've always wanted yeah. to get into games like Warhammer and uh, you know Dungeons yeah. and Dragons and, and and such. But we we do have a closet full of, of board games and 
and we do play, you know, I've played since I was a young child and always, always a good time. Better than sitting around the TV and, and not doing anything. Are you, would you say you're kind of in, into the hobby or Andrew, are you, you know, are you active in places like Kickstarter and places like that, or will you just occasionally kind of pick up a new a new game? Uh, just occasionally pick up a new game just for pleasure. Um, I have mm-hmm. I've backed a couple projects. Um, yeah. Mostly, I'm looking at uh, art projects. Um, there was a there was an uh, an amazing uh, project by Wiley Beckert, who's a an artist illustrator whose style I really admire. Uh, I backed her deck of cards, and I, I use it, and right. I pull it out and show my, my students, and we also uh, play games at lunch with it. So are you, are you a bit of a kind of a, would you say you're a bit of an art connoisseur when it comes to kind of tabletop? Are you more likely to see something that, you know, catches your eye from a graphical representation as opposed to maybe a gameplay um, kind of point of view? I would say that definitely I'm, as an artist, I'm, I, I do appreciate... Uh, the different styles that are out there, and that is is certainly mm-hmm. what will uh, draw me to a game. Um, there's one that I saw in the store uh, the other day called Above and Below. Um, oh yes, and it's a it's a long series game you played over you know five or six sessions, and I've wanted to buy it based on the art style because um, it's such a visually appealing game. It's stunning. Mm-hmm. I mean, as simple as it's one of these games that. Um, you would actually take out and show people even just the box cover mm-hmm. because of how kind of striking it is just to get people going, oh, can we have a look inside? And it's like, only if you play the game. Absolutely. Only if you play the game. So, um, That's is James the kind of the main design force then? So, we have, a, we have a really interesting working relationship uh, in our group mm. here. So, um, James is the design lead. He has the ideas for the games. Uh, right. my background is more, uh, business savvy. So, you know, when we decide to get into the board game thing, uh, you know, James is like, oh, I have an idea for a game. How do I make it? And I come in and say, well, first of all, we need to start as, we, we need to incorporate as a company. And then, mm-hmm. we, you know, we have all our, you know, we have our taxes in check, all our bookkeeping, all our, you know, essential governmental stuff that we have to, we have to do first before we can just launch a game out into the wild. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, I handle all the unfun parts, which I actually secretly enjoy. Don't, and now, now that I've said it, it's public information. <laughs> it's unsurprising, Mike. Unsurprising. <laughs> so Michael's a Michael. You are the numbers nerd. I am then. You just the like absolute numbers nerd. I'm like the numbers legal nerd of the group. Um, so like how when if you know if we were all the three of us to look at a board game or any sort of game. Yeah. Uh, James would be one who deeply examines the mechanics and buys it because of the mechanics. You know, Andrew yeah. would look at the art and buy it because of the art. I would look at the components and you know the component quality and manufacturing and all of that technical specs and get it because of that. Would you be the type of person that if you were playing like an economic kind of heavy Euro game, you would have all the you'd have like the ideal kind of game plan kind of finished out, especially if you were like, well, I've got to turn this into three, and then if I turn this into three, I can turn this into seven, and then I can use two of these to turn this into ten, and that can get me 52 victory points. I've won. Boom. Kind of thing. Yes. So. <laughs> that, that is most likely what I, I would have done. Um, I th- Yeah. I, I think Century, I, th- I think I played Century, and I had 
the win pretty much set like that right from a couple turns in. It's like, oh, okay, well, this is how this game works. Um, oh, uh, this is this is how I win. <laughs> so, in terms of because you've got kind of different skills, does that mean you've had? Is it easier to kind of like kind of make make progress on the game because you're not kind of button heads on kind of what you want? Are you able to kind of drive things kind of forward? Has it been quite quick? Because it sounds like things kind of got together relatively quickly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it definitely works our advantage where we have different skills and um, opinions on things. So, uh, especially with Talkie Fiend. So, Jamie would have these grand design plans of how mm-hmm. the game would work and how the mechanics would work. And then we would play mm-hmm. test it a few times. And I was like, hold on. These wouldn't these components wouldn't really go together and it wouldn't fit in a box correctly. Um, mm-hmm. And just mechanic-wise, it's not efficient and you know ergonomic to, to have. Uh, so maybe there's some sort of redesign we can take to make this you know something that's easy to set up and easy to for people to just pick up and go. Okay, okay. Have you has getting involved in the design inside of games? Has that meant you've been playing kind of more games? I have then? played exponentially more games in the past. Mm-hmm year or two since I've been in, you know, the past three years. Uh, normally I just, you know, go every, um, you know, maybe once a month out to a game cafe and mm-hmm. play a couple games. Now it's almost, you know, a weekly thing, if not multiple times a week. Okay. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm in the same boat. Uh, every opportunity that I've had to even go to a game store or go to a, a place that sells games, uh, that uh, I've, I've just been consuming all the different design you know, strategies and, and ways that people present their cards or, or decorate them or, or uh, visually represent the ideas that they're trying to come across. So I've, I've been mm. uh, finding myself uh, have an upsurge of uh, consuming games as well. Have you been feeding back then the rules and stuff like that in terms of design? Have you found that you've crossed into kind of like the kind of almost the design thing, kind of helping out with the playtesting and things like that, Andrew? Um, I haven't been so much involved uh, in the playtesting. That's mostly been Mike and Jamie. Um, I could just simply because I'm on the other side of the continent. Um, Yeah. But uh, when they, I have helped a little bit, uh, you know, help them, you know, scratch their heads in terms of what they want to represent and, oh, well, that doesn't necessarily, that rule doesn't necessarily work this way visually or here's a way to show this that it becomes a little bit more intuitive. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Has that helped with the design side of things on on your side then, Michael? Oh, if yeah, Andrew's definitely. been telling you kind of like this isn't an easy way to represent this, you're gonna maybe need to consider another card or another you know, another two or three cards or a different bit of kind of iconography as well in the cards. Oh yeah, definitely definitely. Um I one like concrete example is since our game is somewhat numbers heavy, uh we had mm-hmm. to do a mathematical edit for you know, instances where we have three or six players, because those are just the outliers of the group. And mm-hmm. for those, you know, we came, we were trying to think, what's the best way to get the point across that for three player games, there's a change in, you know, the prisoner's health value versus a change in a six player game. Uh, and I think Andy came up with the idea is like, oh, let's just, um, you know, we have an additional symbol that's clear to, for three players, an additional symbol that's clear for six, and you know, mm-hmm. 
you know, his, his design really makes it something that's easy to follow. Once you see it, it's like, oh, okay, well, we have three players here. This is the change that needs to happen. Okay. Okay. How does the game work? What's the core mechanics kind of behind so, it? If, if I, you know, let's give us the pitch. Oh, man. Michael. So, Talking Fiend, uh, here, here's the pitch for So, Talking Fiend is a three to six player blind auction card game where you are right. playing as a, just a regular, typical, you know, dungeon keeper in this kingdom and where the king has, you know, he's gone on Twitter and shouted out and locked everybody up. Everyone's suspicious. There's clearly a plot. So, they're on, and your job is collectively, to see who's the best dungeon keeper or torturer of you all to make these prisoners talk. And how that works, mm-hmm. it's has aspects of um, blind auction, bluffing, and it's kind of like communal blackjack. So every prisoner has a point value and a health value, and the goal of the game is to get 10 points to win. Um, and each player, ha- each prisoner has a health value. And every player who is playing as a dungeon keeper plays a one of their torture tool cards face down and our mm-hmm. torture tool cards are just real silly uh we gotta give it to andrew to for doing the art and design on those and you know and then everyone flips their card over and whoever plays the highest card wins the prisoner in the round and whoever plays the lowest gets a point of shame uh, mm-hmm. However, if collectively, which is kind of like the collective blackjack aspect comes in, if collectively everyone, the sum of all the cards that's been played is over the prisoner's health value, the prisoner then, you know, breaks and goes crazy. And mm-hmm. the win conditions are flipped. So the lowest would win the prisoner and the round, and the highest would get a point of shame. Okay. So you mentioned obviously they're using different implements. Were you kind of conscious in making sure that you're not kind of kind of glorifying people kind of being kind of tortured? Absolutely. Because I remember I remember the artist kind of I don't know if you're aware of the cartoonist Gary Larson yes. from years and oh, years ago. Andrew, I grew, I grew up reading The Far Side. Yeah, I mean Gary Larson famously said that he used to always do kind of like the the dungeon kind of scenes and he always every time that he released a, a kind of a, a panel that had somebody you know a torturer or something like that that he was sent a letter from Amnesty International just reminding him that that this was actually something that was still going on and he had to be kind of mindful of that was that the same kind of thing that you had to think about when you were kind absolutely. of absolutely um, I actually I actually have a nod in to to Gary Larson uh, in in the terms of the rubber chicken uh, there's a couple yes. comic panels where he does have rubber chickens hanging on the wall in his torture scenes. Um, yes. We wanted to keep it light and funny um, yes. and not, not take it stealth, you know, too dark and serious. It's kind of just uh, yes. a more, oh, well, this is, oh, oh this is, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> Rather than did be you ever sinister re- or serious. Yeah. Did you ever read the prehistory of the far side? I did not. You should try and track that down. It's got kind of like panels that... Um, he 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 kind of self censored, mm. and one of them was basically a python that was caught in like a, a basically one of these baby play pens. Oh boy! <laughs> it, it it obviously it was it was trying to get out through the bars and it couldn't get out through the bars because it had um, eaten the child all <laughs> <laughs> inside, right. and it's just like like yeah. So yeah. the know. the whole Gary Larson <laughs> thing is actually a huge um, stylistic 
um, inspiration for this game as well. Uh, I know mm. Jamie's a huge fan of uh, Gary Larson. And um, I think one of the panels that, you know, we keep going back to, it's the one where the, it's the, uh, you know, executioner, uh, you know, dungeon uh, keeper, and he, he's just a regular schmo, you know, he's, it's just his day job. He has to, he's got a sign behind him that says, you know, employee of the month. Yeah, you know, it's you yeah. know it, it's the whole um you know our game is kind of silly and you know even though it's got that serious you know grim medieval tone you know we yeah. add in a lot of you know typical office humor which you know i'm coming from workplace in my career i we have a lot of that where you have you know these exorbitant titles that mean nothing <laughs> <laughs> the head mover of the figures yeah. at the end of the year. Well, you I'm the guy that balances your checkbook for you. Oh, okay, that's that's kinda cool. Um with you being kind of first time kind of creators, how have you found it in terms of kind of getting the kind of the word out there or getting the kind of the noise out there? So, I mean, for us, um, being first-time creators, it's definitely a little harder to, you know, get our names out there. I know right now we're competing with some pretty big names. Um, yeah, like mm. Dice Throne. You have, um, I think yes. a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, Dungeon Drop was, um, was from, um, uh, what's it, uh, Phase Shift. They're actually, uh, relatively yeah. local to us. So I actually ended up meeting, um, Jason Maselli at, um, uh, Kineticon a little while ago at, um, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, ended up talking a little bit about his campaign. It's actually really, you know, interesting. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these big board, board games in right now, just the industry itself, the Kickstarters, the, you know, the platform where everything kind of goes to. Mm-hmm. And for us, you know, marketing is a little harder, um, because we don't have a person on our team that has a strong marketing background. So, you know, it, it, it takes a little bit to get us out there, but it's a big learning experience. And now we know that, okay, well, this is what we could do. This is what we, you mm-hmm. know, build. And I know a lot of big Facebook groups have been super helpful in the process, um, so far. Yeah, I think, I don't think people in Facebook groups necessarily want you to fail. I think that what they want to do is, they're quite willing to kind of give you help. I do notice that there's kind of the the current kind of meme going around Facebook is people sending you a friend request on <laughs> Facebook and then kind of going, you know, have you seen my Kickstarter <laughs> kind of thing. That is, and I've seen- <laughs> that is all too true because earlier this morning I did send a friend request to some people I've met <laughs> over the weekend and, you know, and actually sent them the link. So, so it's not just <laughs> random people. <laughs> It's the whole vegan thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that. No, that's my favorite. My favorite joke of all time is like a guy collapses in the street and a group of people run up to him and say, "You know, somebody, somebody, get a doctor, get a doctor." And then somebody steps forward and goes, um, "I'm a vegan." And <laughs> you know, uh, um, but anyway, um, yeah. So there's that one. There is obviously the one that people post and go, "This game looks absolutely fantastic," and here's the Kickstarter link, and people are going, um, 
that's you. You're the creator. <laughs> Why are you spamming our group kind of thing? Yeah, so I've seen yeah. us. But I understand because your game designers and your artists or your marketeer, you know, you're not marketeers. Nobody actually sits you down and says, oh, by the way, you've not only got to balance up the gameplay, but you've also got to know how to send out a mail shot or build a mailing list or learn how Twitter works or learn how to take photographs on Instagram. Nobody kind of tells yeah. you that. You just try, you're just trying to figure out if you're going to get this person with the umbrella or the rubber chicken mm-hmm. so it's kind of a difficult it it's a kind of a difficult thing it, I kind of it, totally it is difficult. Twitter understand. is not easy to use uh, properly uh, you know there's definitely a right way to use Twitter and a wrong way to use Twitter and you know you see if you use it wrong you end up like the president so <laughs> 1.2 million followers um, no um, yeah I know I mean I, I told I think it's um it's difficult because it's almost the case that you should be building up an audience kind of two and a half years ago. Yes. In order oh, yeah. to kind of hit your space. And um, the rules of engagement seem to kind of keep changing as well, is that, you know, people are always going, well, Instagram, that's a huge thing that everybody should be considering. And so you all dash off to Instagram and then people say, no, no, you want to be using TikTok on Twitter. And the folk are going, what is TikTok? I have no idea kind of thing or you want to be doing using this or you want to be generating a facebook group but i've got a page what's the difference between a page and a group well you'll let it's just mind-blowing we are we're i'm close to you know um so for some of the guerrilla marketing i've just been taking the demo copy of our game to you know to game shops and just local places where you know people who like games tend to congregate like hey guys this is uh this game check it out uh it's on kickstarter right now uh play a couple rounds uh you know really demo it out uh just really do you think that's more helpful Uh, for us i think that's been you know very helpful because it's one thing to see you know to see a game out on kickstarter or on a page and watch a video of it Mm. but it's something else to play it uh, you know, entirely, you know, play yourself. Um, cause, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can read reviews of something all day long, but if I don't try it myself, then I can't form my own opinion on it. And that's really, you know, my mindset on certain, certain things, uh, especially towards that game. You know, we, you know, if you're interested in demoing it, you know, I, I'd be happy to show you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And once people get tactile and they get hands-on with something yeah. and they understand it, then it can break down the challenges that you have with, you know, production and, you know, the artwork. Because, I mean, if you're looking at something, I don't know, Andrew, if you've seen Etherfields? No. Have you looked at that on Kickstarter? I'm not. Have a look at, have a look at that and then you can drool a bit because the art on that is just... It's absolutely... Phenomenal! It's absolutely amazing. Um, in terms of prices, what's the kind of the price of entry? How much are you needing to kind of pledge? Uh, for one to get involved, copy of uh, Talk You Fiend, we have set the price at twenty dollars. That's you know, I think that's a nice, relatively yeah. small amount. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's the price of a pizza in most places. Uh, yes, um, yeah. Price of four sandwiches. You would know this. You're the accountant. You probably would. How many apples is it, Michael? Uh, How many apples? <laughs> well, at the current price of, I think, uh, certain apples, a dollar forty nine a pound. It's you know you can get a couple a lot of pounds apples, of apples. Mike. It's a lot, it's a lot of, lot of, lot of apples. That's a bag of apples there. 
That's a bag of apples. Um, what about the shipping? Is the shipping going to be included in that? Is the shipping going to be over and above that? Uh, the shipping kind of right now we've calculated. Uh, so we're working, kind of, well, if we find we would be working with Fulfill, right? And shipping would just be, it's an additional uh, amount. So for the United States, it's it's probably going to be around $5 extra. Uh, yeah. The rest of the world, just a little bit uh, more. But, you know, with shipping, like, no one knows the exact number until you actually start to ship. So... And just in terms of production, I mean, um, obviously we're all aware of the the Chinese kind of tariff situation in the states and how it's um, you know it's working really well. Um, but are you kind of aware of that? I mean, have you are you getting looking at getting this manufactured stateside? Are you looking at getting? Have you got quotations to get it kind of printed out? Yes, and outside the US. So we've been you know getting quotes from uh, factories in China. And, you know, mm. some, uh, Taiwan as well. And for us right now, I think based on even with the tariffs, since our game is relatively small, uh, mm-hmm. we won't necessarily be hit that hard with the tariffs. And that's something we'll just probably end up beating, um, mm-hmm. for it just because it's right now, right now it's proposed to be a 10% tariffs on all the list four items for, you know, yes. which board games, tabletop games, toys included. Um, and whether that's something that's going to stick September 1st, we have no idea right now. Right now, I think it's just a threat of the tariff, not an actual, oh, this is happening. So, very well. Yeah. So, you know, knowing the volatility of the the current state of things, it, it could very well be, you know, August 30th, we say like, oh, you know, the uh, I'm the president, I solved the trade issue, no more tariffs. I'm a hero. Very nice. <laughs> we'll just need to see. So we we'll just need to it's see what happens. What we need to see what happens. Cool. Um, if people want to find you on the internet, um, where can we find you on the internet webs? Uh, so we are. We have a Facebook page at Stonebones Games. Uh, same with our Twitter at Stonebones Games. Um, there's a really two two places. Um, we don't have an Instagram yet, um, as I don't like taking pictures, but uh, maybe we will put together an Instagram at some point um, and have that out there. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah, I, I can be found on uh, on Twitter, as uh, probably where I, or I guess Instagram as well. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Andy Swains, A N D Y S W A I N S, and on Instagram. Cool. Um, it's, I think it's the same. Oh, I haven't opened Instagram in a long time. Um, <laughs> okay. So it shows you how much we use it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay. yeah, it's, the, it's the same on Instagram. Excellent. Well, I mean, what we'll do is we'll make sure that the Kickstarter link goes in the show notes and any other links as well to yourselves as well, we can put in the show notes as well. Um, I can only wish you the best of luck because obviously it is a crowded market you know at the moment um it's interesting to see kind of games trying to do kind of something different like yourself and i can only wish you the very best of luck with the rest of the campaign oh well thank you you know what um you know it's, uh, the important thing is we just keep going and if you fall you pick yourself up and you know try again you know that's oh, yeah. what uh that that's what he said in what rocky 5 was it What's the Rocky for? It's a Rocky remake. It's Octo Sun. You know, like, oh, life is hard. You just gotta keep going. 
No, an, un- an unsuccessful attempt is just the opportunity to take a step back and, and refine and then try again. Uh, I mean, yeah. to be honest, and, and nowadays on Kickstarter, that's not that's normally the norm. Yes, that, uh, Andrew you know, said it much better this. than I could, and much better than Stallone would have said. <laughs> Maybe Michael could go into acting. I, I could. I, I had a, a very thing. brief um, YouTube series with my neighbor uh, back in the day <laughs> called The Neighbor Show. It is extremely cringy. Please do not search for it. We have to search for that. We have to track that down. That's definitely going to get you tracked down. Um, we'll make sure that that definitely goes in the show notes. Um, if you want to keep an eye on what we're up to, go to the Google search for We're Not Wizards. You will find us on um, Facebook and Twitter and you will find us on things like Instagram and you'll find our website and you'll find our blog and you'll find all different other places with worn out faces Um but you can also find us on all the podcast catchers as well. The ones with pod, the ones with cast, the ones with neither, like Player FM. Who knew? Um, if you like what you've listened to, then please consider giving us a rating on your podcast place of choice. Um, if you like us even more, then please go to Apple Podcasts um, and give us a rating or a review. If you are going to be giving us a rating or a review, then don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed, but don't give us one star because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average, and we're just a little bit average. That's perfect. Five out of seven. There you go. Perfect. Five out of, absolutely. <laughs> you accountant, you. Um, and <laughs> but the people who haven't been average, I give you Michael, I give you Andrew, we... We salute the absent James. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very much, gentlemen, for it coming on the show. Great to be on the show. Thanks for having us. And there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, gentlemen? Uh, we are not wizards. We are accountants and uh, artists, not wizards. Andrew, I need to hear you say it. Oh, I'm not a wizard. Definitely not. That's <laughs> absolutely bad. Fantastic. And the second thing is to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Andrew. Say goodbye, Andrew. Goodbye. Uh, it's a goodbye from Michael. Say goodbye, goodbye, Michael. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. And if you fancy doing something a little bit kind of different and fun, um, and you want to maybe have a conversation with somebody, but somebody's not want to have a conversation with somebody, you can always play them a round of hands, put it on the table and say to them, talk, you fiend. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to. Mm-hmm.